Hey, App Growth community. Welcome back to the App Growth Show, where we host mobile experts to unlock valuable and actionable insights on how you can grow your app. No matter where you are in your app growth journey, we are here to help you reach your mobile growth goals. Let's dive right into today's episode. Today, we are delighted to have Lamit Patel joining us. Lamit is a man of many talents and as experienced as they get when it comes to the topic of growth. He is currently the Senior Vice President of Growth at Together Labs, where he is in charge of acquiring, retaining, and monetizing users. Previously, Lamit worked in comparable capacities for notable startups such as Roku, Trusted ID, and Texture. Lamit is also a best-selling author of the book Lean AI and is well known for his public speaking, just to name a few of his talents. Get ready to be spoiled with a 21st century perspective on growth and learn how you and your business could be using artificial intelligence to help you get one step ahead of the competition. Hello, welcome to another episode of the App Growth Show. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Jennifer Sansone and I will be your host today. And today is a very special day because we are being joined today by Lomit Patel, the one and only. So we're very excited to have you with us. Hello, Lomit. Hi, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, we uh, definitely were excited when uh, you wanted to be a guest on our show because we just have so much we want to ask you. <laughs> but um, before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, so um, my name is Lamit Patel. I uh, currently head up growth at, um, at Together Labs, um, which is formerly known as IMVU, where I'm responsible for all of our user acquisition, retention, and monetization. Previously, I've done the same thing for over 20 years for a number of different startups, and uh, I've always um, been involved in helping companies grow. And uh, beyond that, I've also written a book called uh, Lean AI, which is part of the Lean Startup series and, and a bestseller on Amazon. So excited to be here today. Yeah, fantastic. Congratulations with that. With that, um, Speaking of your book, Lean AI, um, so today's show, we kind of wanted to really focus in on this idea of smarter and faster ways to scale up growth. Um, which ties into your book, right, that you just mentioned called Lean AI. So can you maybe walk us through the premise of the book or, or uh, highlight some takeaways from the book that could help entrepreneurs or growth managers listening um, here in, in, in the mobile industry? Yes, yeah, so the big premise on the book and, and, and the reason why I wrote it was really to sort of showcase um, a lot of the success that I was able to sort of demonstrate in practice here at MVU. And primarily it was all around how can we get better, faster and smarter around growing growing the business. And as everybody knows, in this day and age, there's so there's just so much data out there, right? And there's so many different channels that that it, Generally, when it comes to paid user acquisition, there's a lot of channels, there's a lot of data, there's a lot of complexity in terms of how you optimize and, and manage all of these different campaigns. And so one of the challenges that that we had run into, which is very similar to a lot of other companies, which, which are primarily small startups, which I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to, is how do you maximize the resources you have? And for the most part, that there's there's a limit to how many people you can continue to hire and train and, and, and bring on board. And so to try and solve that, 
that fundamental challenge. I I was always interested in 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 AI, artificial intelligence, and 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 studying a lot of the the bigger companies that are really applying AI. Examples being like the Netflixes and and Amazons, which obviously have a huge treasure trove of data, but they've also been so smart around. Uh, leveraging artificial intelligence to get insights really quickly to really figure out um, different audiences, how they're behaving, how to target them with the right message, how, how to give them the right personalized experience um, when, when they get into their app or, or website, and, and, and also trying to continue to give them the right types of recommendations to keep them around. And so using, using that premise is very similar to how our business works at IMVU, where we're a social network. So it's all around you know, driving people in, into our app and trying to figure out pretty quickly what's what's the best way to get them engaged into the app. What's the right way for us to monetize these users? We have two ways, either through advertising or through in-app purchases, and and then uh, and then also trying to figure out how to keep them in the app and, and continue to uh, to to retain those users. And so, um, so long story short, um, we we have a lot of data and. You know, it was taking a lot of time to really get to those insights. And by the time we were applying those insights, when it came to all of the different um, areas of the user journey, it, you know, it was it, the execution just wasn't as great as it could have been. And, and that's why, you know, I wanted to try and automate as much of those processes as possible. And, and, and once we started applying that um, in the company, we started seeing phenomenal success. And, and, and as we started to roll that out and, 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 and apply it to more areas of the user funnel, to more channels, we, you know, I came, came to realize that you know, small businesses can actually do this, even though we don't have the perfect solution like a lot of the big companies out there, there's ways to connect the dots with, with different platforms that currently exist. And, and as long as you connect those up and, 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 and sort of put the right systems in place, you can still build a really powerful algorithm that can really work for your business. And that was sort of the premise. And when I started talking about a lot of this at conferences, I came to realize that there was a huge interest because, you know, for the most part, big companies don't talk about their secrets. And, um, you know, for me, it wasn't really a secret as much as, you know, more companies need to adopt this because, you know, in order to continue to to become successful, this, this was where the future was going to be. And so out of, um, you know, speaking about it and writing lots of articles, calls on this um that's where the idea for the book came up because because ultimately a lot of people said why don't you turn this into a book so great that's fantastic um you know kind of i want to circle back to this idea of the funnel a little bit as, as you mentioned you know there's acquisition there's the engagement you know from at agn as an app marketing company we we talk a lot about the funnel and how the approaches you know at the acquisition stage could be very different from those the engagement stage the monetization stage so in terms of of this idea of scaling and growth um, from an AI perspective. So are there certain KPIs that you are looking at at every stage or um, something that you can maybe share with our listeners of, of how the AI might work differently or what you're looking for, depending on what part of the user funnel you're you're focusing on? Yeah, so, you know, I think KPIs is really important because ultimately you want to measure uh, to 
to be able to sort of figure out what you're doing is either working or not working. And for different businesses, we'll have different KPIs. But for the most part, when it comes to user acquisition, and, and this is universal across the board, at least when, when I started early on in this, you know, a lot of companies were really focused on upper funnels, um, metrics, KPIs like downloads and registrations. But for the most part, those don't really um, uh, aren't the right signals to, to focus on if you really look for good quality customers that are end up going to become payers and highly engaged users in your, in your app. So right from the beginning, we, we started looking at down funnel metrics, which really sort of um, resulted in, 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 in users that were ultimately going to become payers for us and, and retained users. And so generally, and I think most people are looking at this now, but, but, but the right KPIs to look at are things like uh, you know your payers and and your revenue and 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 the metrics to look at and related to that is the cost to acquire a payer. What's the return on ad spend or the return on investment? And the big difference for us, we generally look at return on investment, which is where we don't just look at the gross in terms of how much revenue comes in, but we also discount the cost on on that revenue that we end up paying to different app stores as well as our creators. So, so, so we take a subset of that revenue, but ultimately we know that revenue, that net revenue, is really valuable because that ultimately goes to our bottom line. And um, with the, with the AI, is that also involved? in like the the testing process like the a b testing and the you know learning from what's working from what's not how that kind of plays a role in that yeah so the great thing with with ai at least for us and most people that use it it really helps you to run experiments really efficiently and you know most people generally are in the mindset of running a b tests but but the way to think about it is, you know, the more A/B tests you can run, the quicker you can try to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And and it's really about increasing that velocity of learning and and the time. And the and and so with AI, you're able to orchestrate uh, a magnitude of of more tests than you could probably do using like humans to try and. Um, execute a lot of this work. And, and that's where AI has really helped us because we kind of look at the different stages of the funnel, which is around different channels. And an example being creatives. Creative is really important when it comes to messaging the right users with the right message. And so what we try to do uh, when it comes to targeting um, new, um, different channels, the types of experiments is generally around audiences. Like, like what's the right users that we should be targeting? And then the other part of that is what's the right message that, that resonates with the different types of audiences? And so we continue to run thousands of different um, experiments, which, which are all around bids, budgets, and creatives um, across different channels to really identify ultimately which, which are the right users and, and what's the right cost to pay for those users. And, and, and as all of this is running and it's automated, uh, what we find is, as an example, different channels are pretty much like different marketplaces. And so for example, um, they might be, it's all driven by competition as well. So the types of audience you're going after may be more expensive in, for example, let's say Facebook at any given time. However, the cost may be lower on TikTok or Snapchat or, or, or Google. And so with the AI, it's able to pretty much uh, shift budgets in real time based on or based on where the efficiencies are. And that's something that would be really hard to do if you were do, trying to manually change a lot of those levers, as we call it. Oh, definitely. Um, 
And speaking of these channels and, uh, you know, customer data, all of that, I want to talk a second about, you know, privacy and privacy regulations. As we know, it's been quite a challenge for, for app marketers in regards to, you know, iOS 15, of course, and all the updates. So can you um, tell us, does, does AI play a role in this and can it help with this whole challenge of the, the privacy? Yeah. So, you know, I think privacy is something that's affected everyone, but, um, but my personal opinion is it, it, it's, it, it's good because ultimately people need to know how, how their data is being used. And, and so the way we've used AI to help us partly solve for that is, you know, everybody knew that Apple was going to, and I think you refer, you're referencing the Apple change, right? The iOS 15, where, every, where everybody knew that Apple was going to make it a lot more challenging and, and really give it to the user to really be able to share their IDFA. And so what we started doing ahead of time, and, and even though that, that change was delayed, I think a couple of times before it actually went into place, we were planning for this a year ahead. And so what we started to sort of look at was sort of build a different type of attribution um, model. So which was less dependent on being um, deterministic and more probabilistic. And so we were kind of looking at other data signals to try and identify if users were coming from iOS from, from some of these different channels, what were other signals we could look at to try and sort of attribute back users to, to the different models we we were really early working with our MMP apps flyer on 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 helping them test the probabilistic stuff and so we got some really good learnings from that we're able to come up with a a different type of attribution model but the other thing we started doing and where AI has been really helpful for us and I think a lot of people have found challenging is 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 building lookalike audiences because you're able to take a lot of the IDFAs to look at you know down funnel metrics, like who are these best users and, and how to build more lookalike audiences. What we started doing to sort of solve for that early on before the change happened was looking at, at, at more contextual signals that we could layer onto um, uh, first party signals that we had. And, and, and we tried to sort of come up with you know alternative signals and we started testing those early on. And so even though, you know, for the most part, you know, th th there's a smaller number of, of people that we can build uh, lookalike audiences using first party data. We've been able to come up with really good contextual signals and, 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 date, and, 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 and data um, attributes around users, which you, you, can, you can always target on whether it's like age, gender, geography, behavioral things. And, and so those, you know, you know, we've built alternative audiences out of that, who for the most part have been able to uh, perform pretty close or on par to what we used to get with our lookalikes. So even though, um, you know, it's not perfect, it's, it's been able to work for us. So, so, so that's sort of been two, two ways that we've been able to get around the data privacy. But I think the most important thing for us and for any app marketer is ultimately to try and build that relationship with users that, that are coming into your app and, and, and to be sort of um, up, uh, upfront about how you're going to use the data. So we've tested different messages to get people to give us consent on their data. And, and generally that's been around trying to do things like pre-permission messages before people get the ability to opt in or not to about sharing the data. But for us, for the AI to be really um, working optimally, we wanna to try to get that consent upfront as, as soon as possible versus waiting. And, and so we generally try to do it as part of our onboarding process. And, we, and, and generally what we found is a message to the effect 
of, you know, I mean, for us, it's not really about, you know, because um, because a big part of our, our business isn't around selling advertising. It's really about giving them the right user experience in the app. So just being upfront about, you know, if they can give us, the, if they give their data, we're able to give them a better personalized experience, as well as the ability if they want to, because in, cause in our app, you know, if, if people don't want to buy um, MVU credits, they can earn those through through different advertising messages that they interact with. So giving them the most relevant advertising experience. And we, what we found is, is just being upfront and trying to continue to build out trust with users has enabled us at least knowing what the industry opt-in rate is for IDFA. You know, we've, we generally have seen that our opt-in rate has been much higher than most other apps in our vertical. Yeah, you know, transparency can really go a long way. Um, you know, and the, and the trust factor, which kind of leads me to my next question, because I know uh, another big topic that, that you're, you're an advocate for is just leadership, you know, and the roles, the role of leaders. So I want to shift the, the whole um, conversation from the machines and the, the AI and, you know, about the people, about the leadership, like where does a leader, you know, come in? What can they do as far as you know, helping a company embrace this idea of digital transformation? Like how can, what steps could a leader take to, to do this effectively? So, um, so I think leadership is really important at the end of the day for, for any type of transformation, whether it's digital or cultural or, or any kind of shift that you're trying to make in an organization. And, you know, I think a big part of that really comes down to having credibility as a leader. And so, you know, you know, one word that I'm going to use that tends to be pretty uh, prevalent right now in the industry is personal brand. But but there's different ways to look at your personal brand because you have because by the way you by the way that you behave and the things that you do, whether it's internally or externally, you're building a reputation, whether you want to call it a brand or not. And you know, I think as a leader, what you want to try to do is to ensure that you're building a positive reputation where other leaders in the organization trust you. And, and, and a big part of that not only comes from, you know, like the results you're able to achieve, but it just comes from, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and, 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 and sort of being a good advocate because ultimately, you know, leadership is around empowering other people to be the best version of themselves. And so that's, you know, at least, you know, for me, you know, when I'm trying to advocate, whether it's for technology or, or other initiatives like DEI or, or whatever, it's really about, you know, how it's going to help the organization become more competitive. And, and so, you know, framing it where it's not about, you know, personal gain, but, but a collective gain for the organization, I think it's important. The second part, there's all, you know, I, you know, to any change, there's always risk. And, 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 and so the question is, how do you minimize that risk for, 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 for a company to, to, to adopt any, any changes? And so when it comes to digital transformation, at least, you know, uh, I, I use the, the AI as an example. What we tried to do was to sort of identify use cases that for the most part um, didn't really require a lot of work or changes on the organization to try and sort of implement, but could have a profound impact if, if it ended up working out. And so, it, you know, working growth, the, the good part is, you know, you, you, you get to pretty much manage the user funnel, which is a big part of how the business is going to grow. And so, you know, for us, you know, we identified, you know, sort of focusing the initial test on one um, 
paid user acquisition channel, which was Facebook, and and and, and trying to run, um, you know, um, using our AI model versus what Facebook was offering at the time in terms of automating campaigns and picking one geo specifically, and 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 and, and we were able to sort of run a good head-to-head -head test, and and be able to show some some success, and from that success, we were able to roll it out to to a bigger footprint within that channel, and then adopt it to other channels beyond that but but ultimately it was all about sort of doing it in in stages and not trying to sort of you know ask for the whole thing up front do it in stages continue to advocate show the results and to using the word that you mentioned transparency just keep being transparent with everyone whether things are working or not just be transparent and 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 also continue to keep building relationships with 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 other teams because ultimately you know the success for any any change within an organization never really comes down to one leader it's about getting other leaders to get behind you and and the best way to do that is to continue to beyond just talking business build build strong relationships and i've been a bit ad advocate not only for myself but my team to always continue to keep building you know good relationships get to know their peers get to know people because ultimately you know um everything happens through people it doesn't happen through machines i think that's great advice it's true we um we, we revere machines so much because they are so efficient but at the end of the day there's you know it's that human connection that really is the one that that has to matter the most um so i think that's that's great advice you're giving here um and just speaking of advice kind of as we we wrap it up here do you have any just final words of you know advice from again people who are listening right now who are perhaps they're seasoned you know marketers uh, but you know those who are really trying to reach that next level of their app growth journey um, you know what's some of the main advice you'd give them at this point to kind of encourage them keep them going and and help them on their path to success so the best advice I would give them is the advice that I apply to myself which is always to be curious and and, and keep an open mind. And I think it's especially in this day and age, there's, there's so much things that are happening that, you know, anybody that can say that they can predict the future for the most part is being dishonest because it's very hard to predict the future. But, but you know, it's really important to keep an open mind in order to be successful. It really comes down to people. So, you know, I think, you know, really focusing on your people that you have is, is really important because, you know, if, if, if they're not feeling um excited and empowered about what they're doing, then it's going to end up showing in everything else. Because if, if, if the people, if, you, if your employees aren't happy, then your customers aren't going to be happy. So it's really important to focus on the people. The other thing that I would say is continue to just, just have that mindset of, of, you know, of, of, of treating each day as day one and, and 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 continuing to come in with you know and 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 not get stuck in a rut that oh we tried this or this may not work or whatever just continue to keep looking at things through new lenses and 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 and, and new viewpoints and for me you know what I found is really just you know it, it's great to hire a lot of younger people because ultimately they bring a lot of energy and enthusiasm to 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 the role and, and and a different perspective and being open to listening to different perspectives is so important as as a leader and you know the more you can do that whether it's right or wrong you know it, it, you know it's it's good to let everybody feel part of the process and and as long as everybody feels part of the process they will get behind the decision at the end wholeheartedly versus feeling that you know that they had 
you know, no input in, in that. So I think that, that that's really important. And, you know, another thing that I will say that in terms of advice, you know, whether it's like, you know, building a business, building a team or, 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 or building a career, mental health is just really important. And, and for me, you know, it's, it's been a priority, you know, I've always advocated, you know, within my team to, to, to make sure that I, that, I, that, that I look out for signs where I feel people are, you know, either, you know, being inundated with work or whatever. And one of the reasons why, you know, doing a lot of the automation has helped because it, it, it takes a lot of the grunt work out of what they were doing. Having said that, there's still a lot of other work that goes into it. And so, you know, being intentional about, you know, encouraging people to take time off as well as, you know, doing a lot of things. It's harder to do team bonding things virtually, but, you know, we've tried to do things like, you know, um, like virtual book clubs, you know, where, where, where we try to like share knowledges on different books that we're reading about. We, we try to do appreciation lunches with other teams. Um, that way we can continue to keep building that relationship with, with other teams that, that we work with. And, you know, we try to bring sort of experts or thought leaders into sort of, just, you know, virtual seminars or whatever, because I think learning and growing is, 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 is really important. And, and you know, it, it's, it's important to continue to encourage people to learn and grow through, through bringing in, you know, um, whether it's, you know, ho hosting seminars or, or encouraging them to take classes virtually or whatever. So, you know, but um, I think part of mental health is just, just encouraging people to sort of find what works for them. And, and so what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. And, and just being open to, you know, just encouraging people to sort of find ways where they can kind of take that mental break. I love that. Yeah, I think that's probably something that doesn't get talked about too much that should be the whole uh, mental health, what a big impact it can just have across the board. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. And I think those were incredible words of wisdom for us. So thank you for sharing. And um, so Lomit, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such an interesting talk and um, hearing about all of your experience. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Okay, you have a great evening. You too. Thank you all so much for joining today's episode on the AppGrowth Show. We hope you were able to take away some actionable insights from Lamit's innovative approach on growth. We hope you now see how artificial intelligence can help businesses comply with today's strict privacy regulations, how it can help you better manage and optimize prospects and clients at different stages of the sales funnel, and finally, how it can lead to smarter and quicker growth overall. If you found today's episode to be helpful, please visit appgrowthnetwork.com and book your free call with us today to supercharge your mobile growth. See you in the next episode. Bye for now.